0: Good morning. morning, that wasn't as good as the first service guys, <laughs> yeah you want to try again, good morning, good morning. Oh, that's so much better thanks, <laughs> um, so as a church we're getting ready for a series about the front line of our lives, what it means to follow Jesus in our everyday, um, so we've just heard the passage of David and Goliath and I'm going to talk for five minutes about how this can show us ways to prepare for our own front lines. Now, in case you're sat there like, I don't really understand what is meant by a front line. It's basically just a metaphor for whatever situations you find yourself in right now. As Christians, we believe that by the grace of God, our sins are forgiven, and we are called and moved to respond to that. Our response should follow what we are asked of by the gospel, the two greatest commandments. Firstly, to love God with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our minds, and secondly, to love our neighbours as ourselves. On one hand, we know that these are simple ideas, but in practice, the sort of extravagant love that we are called to is tough, and it's marked by constant sacrifice. We already have the perfect model of that sacrifice and love through the life that Jesus led. Our front line then, in summary, is about our pursuit of loving where we already are. So, how can David help? I know for me personally this passage can sometimes be almost discouraging. We celebrate, and rightly so, that the underdog David beats the giant Goliath through God's power. But if you find yourself feeling like each day is a real challenge, then David's victory can seem painful because you feel so far removed from the victory he experiences here. However, I think it's really helpful to dwell on the fact that his victory over Goliath is entirely achieved through God's power we can also look at the way that the Bible shows us a much broader picture of David. We only have to go to the Psalms to see his heart and find that he, like us, is broken too. In that way, David's story can give us strength and hope because it is an illustration of God's power being made perfect in weakness. God's grace is such that everyone can have access to his power and it is this we need to realise when preparing for our front lines. David shows a confidence in the truth of God's power and in the passage we've read this morning. And that can give us insight into living out our own faith and preparing for our own front lines. 1 Samuel 17:45 to 47 says this, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And then he declares, for the battle is the Lord's. What David does here is fully trust the heart of God for and in his presence. Before he has victory, he trusts that he will have it. And that is faith. Trusting the heart of God for the hurts and the needs of here. Hebrews 11 verse one says the same. It says faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not yet see. David has exactly that when faced with Goliath. He shows a confidence and an assurance about what is yet to happen. In our own lives then, we too are to have faith in preparing for our front lines. Really, we'd like this to be the other way around, right? (laughs) Why doesn't David defeat Goliath and then make a declaration of his faith? Why is the victory following the faith rather than the faith following the victory? I think one of the reasons is that having faith and trusting God for our victories helps us to practise obedience and it grows us into being Christians for all seasons of life. So, to prepare for our situations, we can declare our faith and practice obedience as David did before his battle with Goliath. Maybe this week, you want to follow David's example through prayers each day, committing what you're dealing with to God by saying, I do this in the name of the Lord, and this battle or issue or problem is his. Doing that practices dependence on God and puts him back in control. Using the name of the Lord is also a powerful thing to do, which is something that Judy talked about last week. Maybe you want to pray that you would see what victory would look like in your front line and ask for greater confidence and assurance about that. Or maybe this week you just want to worship God in your day by thanking him that we already have victory because of Jesus. I'd ask that you find something, whatever it is, to try out this week that will help you to have the focus on God that David showed before he defeated Goliath. It can be a repeated one-line prayer or a commitment to trust God for victory or a practice of thanksgiving. You may also find it helpful to do something with a friend instead and then see how you both get on. I pray that like David, our faith will
1: lead us to victory through God's power. I'll leave you with that. Thank you. I'm Bethany Lucas um, and again I'm going to talk for about five minutes. So when I was thinking about our front lines, the battles that young people have to face and that we need prayer for, it didn't take long to come up with a list (laughs) All of us have our own giants. We're fearful about exams, about our future, about living differently at a time in our lives when all we want to do is fit in. Our society places the pressure of perfection on us, on our bodies, our looks, our work, and so naturally we carry that pressure over into our Christian lives, believing we need to be perfect and so always failing. These are all things that we need prayer for. However, God really challenged me to think about one of the root causes of these problems and reading through the story of David and Goliath, there was one thing that really stood out for me and that was David's complete assuredness that God would have the victory, the confidence that convinced a king to let a shepherd boy fight. In one Samuel chapter 1746, in his speech against the Philistines, David repeats this again and again, "This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds. All those gathered here will know that the Lord saves. He is steadfast in his faith with God. And it was so surprising to me, because the Bible makes clear that he's the youngest son, he's disregarded by his older brother, he tends sheep in a field, and was probably the least well-equipped person to fight any soldier, let alone a giant. And some of us feel in the same position, like we're unprepared, outnumbered and out of our depth. And it would be very easy for us to read this story and think, oh, this is just a tale about a courageous young man who we all wish we were, but aren't really I just have to struggle through my problems on my own no David was just like us but what changed his life is in the previous chapter chapter 16 verse 13 a man called Samuel was looking for the next king of Israel and after a long search God told Samuel that David was the right man the verse says so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. After he was anointed, David entered into a real relationship with God. The Holy Spirit rested and stayed with him for the rest of his life. And he went on to do amazing things for God. He beat Goliath not only for God, but with God. And as young people, one of the greatest mistakes we can make is believing that following religious rules will be enough. We've learned about God, some of us for our whole lives, some only more recently. We've thought through the evidence, and although we have plenty of questions and doubts, think we'd call ourselves Christians. And that may well be the case for some of you today. But we're living in a secular society with mainly secular friends, and we're straining to keep rules that sometimes we just don't want to follow. And although we feel guilty about that, we can't find a way to please everyone. That Christianity will never change our lives until, like David, we experience the love of God powerfully. It's the Holy Spirit that equips us to go out and tell our friends about Jesus, to live differently, to conquer whatever giants we're facing. And we can't do it without him. So to quote Mike Pilavachi, the host of Soul Survivor, coming into landing, Jesus says in Luke twenty-four forty-nine. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Not only is the Holy Spirit now available for all of us, that because of what Jesus did, we don't have to be the next king of Israel to begin a relationship with God, but he actually goes so far as to say we shouldn't try to do anything until we have the Holy Spirit, because alone we aren't going to make a difference. So I have now a question and a request for you. The question is, what areas in your life are you fighting your own battles under your own strength? What relationships, work, new beginnings are you worried about and that you're approaching with the mindset, I'm going to have to deal with this on my own? Bring that to God this week. And my request is, If there's anything that you can pray for us as a youth and as Riverside, it's that the Holy Spirit would rest on each of us and that we all experience more of the love that God has for us. And most importantly, that we begin a relationship with Jesus. That's when we stop struggling to follow a religious duty and we start wanting to be obedient to a friend who loves us. Everything else follows. It won't make us perfect but it will give us a reason to want to be. So now Toby Lowther is going to come up.
2: My name is Toby Lowther and I'm one of the youth here at Riverside Church. I was baptised a year ago and this week I began sixth form college. Going to college, I've met new people and I've faced new challenges. Tackling the work without losing my time with God, making new friends and trying to see who I may, in time, bring to know Jesus Christ. These are the challenges that I face each day, but what are the battles on your front line? What challenges do you face? Now sometimes there are battles in life and on the front line of our faith, which are too big for us, which we cannot overcome ourselves. But there is no battle too big for God. In the story of David and Goliath, a young man, a shepherd, decides to fight an eight or nine foot tall trained soldier. It was a foregone conclusion and not in the shepherds' favour. David knew he could not defeat this giant, win this battle by his own strength. He says to Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. David knows that he is not strong enough to win this fight, but that God is, that he can be the tool for God's victory. When we face the battles on our front line, we must rely upon God. Saul gave David armor and a sword, weapons with which to use his own strength to face his battles, but David did not use them. We can try and take up our armor, our sword, the methods and plans we designed to help us fight the battles on our front line, the ways we seek to find strength in ourselves. But unless we also take up the strength of God, we still cannot defeat these battles because we're still relying upon our own strength. It says in Exodus chapter 15 verse two, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. If God is our strength, he is our salvation. He shall save us and give us the victory that we may conquer battles on our front line, by waiting upon God, calling upon his strength, we transcend the limits of our own ability and succeed against impossible odds, winning the battles we could never overcome in our own strength. And yet, although David relied upon the strength of God, he did not take a passive role. Did he pray, God, please send a stronger warrior to fight this enemy and then go back to his sheep? or did he pray, God, please smite this Philistine with holy fire, no, he stepped out himself in the power and authority of God to bring about change. Now God is mighty and prayer is powerful, so why can we not simply pray our troubles away? I don't truly know, for no man can know the mind of God, but I believe it is a matter of faith. When iron is turned into steel, Tempered and hardened, it is passed through the fire. Likewise, our faith is rough and weak until it has been tempered by the flames of our lives. How can we be faithful if our faith is never shaken? And how can we have free will if God does not let our choices come back against us? But God's plans are for our good, not our destruction. He will always give us the strength to fight the battles of our lives, the battles on our front lines, if we only call upon him and ask for it. The story of David and Goliath is not how the soldier slew the defensive shepherd, and it is not how the giant was destroyed in holy fire and all the problems went away. It is the story of how a defenseless young shepherd called upon the name of God and in the power of God fought and defeated the mightiest warrior in the Philistine army now how can we step out take action to face our battles in the strength of God first we must be honest with ourselves we must see the battles that we face we must not sweep them under the carpet nor underestimate them it's easy to see other people's suffering and say they have it much harder than me my troubles aren't worth bothering God about but God wants to help you with your troubles, no matter how small they may seem besides others. The hardest battle for anyone is whichever challenge they are facing right now, because no other challenge is here now. We must be honest with ourselves and with God about the battles we face. And second, we must be honest with others. We must act, but we need not act alone. We must be accountable to others, for a burden shared is lighter for the sharing. And we must pray with others, praying into the troubles that each person faces, praying that God would give them the strength to overcome those battles. And we must help each other, standing ready to support those who need us. In Matthew 18:20, Jesus says, for when two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. A soldier who stands alone on the battlefield will surely fall, but we do not stand alone. We stand with each other and we stand with God Whatever our troubles, however great or small they may seem beside others' hardships, we stand together and God is with us. When we fight the battles on our front line, we have to do our part. God will give us the strength to overcome whatever fights we face. But if we run away back to the sheepfold, that strength is useless and the battle doesn't go away. We must pray into the battles that we face that God may give us the strength to face them, for only by God's strength can we succeed. And then, even as David walked forth to meet Goliath, we must act upon that prayer, going forth in the power and authority of Jesus Christ and going forth together to bring about change. Thank you for listening.